Welcome to Public Cloud for Public Good, a podcast talking about cloud sustainability and how we can use public cloud services to make the world a better place. Today, I'm talking with Dave Smythe, who is an ethical web designer creating results-focused websites. He runs a studio called Scruples with his business partner, Colin Lewis, and does some really interesting work to try and reduce small businesses' reliance on stuff like Facebook, Google, pixel trackers, and basically surveillance capitalism. So he runs an organization uh, called belowradar.co.uk, which allows businesses to basically sign up to a community and explore how they can do this together, and loads of other really interesting stuff. So check them out. Thank you so much for joining me today. Kind of, you know, we spoke a little while back, um, a lot of it around ethics in tech and kind of especially for small businesses. Um, do you want to just kick off with maybe a little bit around scruples, what you're sort of trying to do, and, and I guess your tagline, which I'm really in love with, is ethical web designer. Uh, thanks. Well, th- thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so so scruples is a, is, I, I guess it's a design and development studio. Uh, I set it up or co-founded it with my co-founder, Colin, uh, last last January, but we'd secretly been working together uh, for about six months before. So um, we build, we, we, we were just discussing this morning, actually, how we haven't nailed our elevator pitch. So um, sorry to your listeners, but um, we, we, so we build like custom sites. We, we, we pitch ourselves as, I guess it's like thoughtful design and development and like, um, and the thoughtfulness like runs through like the whole thing from the very beginning, like how we're going to do like the strategy, but also like the wider impacts of like ethics and not j- and ethics so often tends to refer to like sustainability, but we try and think about like privacy things. And there's a couple of things in there really, isn't there? There's one just about that understanding of what do I have to be ethical about, you know, I'm going into small business here. Don't I just need an email list and a newsletter and I'm like, you know, world's my oyster. And I think even then that's where I've had a lot of conversations, especially with founders is like, you know, we should be using this data ethically. And and should you have like a mailing list the size of Jupiter? And where are you pulling these, <laughs> these names from? Have we ever interacted with them? Have you got like, and I think, a lot of it these days is is is, is more commonly known. GDPR it, it, it kind of scares people sometimes, and, and you always get the odd sort of weird response back from somebody saying, "Oh yeah, we have to do this because of GDPR." But um, at least there's, there's more of a conversation, and I guess that's where people like you come in as well. When when you're you know helping people build their own website, it's you know let's think about these things and, and, and tackle them together. Yeah, for sure, and and I think for small business owners, it's there's so much. When, when, when you're running a business, like even if you've been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. let alone if you're just starting up, you're spinning so many plates and you can't be expected to be, to like know everything about all of these things. So we, we really, we really see our role as like just highlight, like shining a light on mm-hmm. some things and some of the, some of the benefits of some practices, because often doing, uh, like making one small change in one area will have like, a, there, there'll be a multiplier effect of, there might be like a business benefit. Yeah. It might be good for customers. Like, yeah, I guess there's all sorts of things. You know, thinking about sustainability. You know, saving carbon emissions will save you costs because that's where a lot of the bills in the cloud data centers come from. Is this their use of energy? It's like you know, being good has its benefits, and especially when it comes to sort of you know 
And, and, and think about like, you know, we've got two different types of advertising. You know, you can go up down the street and, and throw a billboard on the side of a building uh, and that's going to cost you a lot of money. But the majority of those people are never going to be your target audience, and especially when it comes to tech. The you know, cost of a billboard in an airport in a high business kind of through traffic uh, kind of, you know, airport is going to be a lot of money. But you're kind of looking for that needle in the haystack. If you go into business ethically and you say, okay, do you know what, I'm not going to build out massive like newsletter lists. I'm not going to use pixel trackers to kind of guess what everyone's doing. I'm just going to have this kind of really well curated list of people. Maybe it's only in a couple of hundred, maybe it's only in the thousands, but they are all going to be interested in, in what I'm talking about. And it's not just crap that I've dragged off the internet. And, and, and I think that's where, you know, when people are jumping into small business ownership, you know, we've all got so many people we either know or we've met in this space or even just family who've gone, okay, I do something really well need to get my name out there, need to start talking. And I've, I've mentioned this, I guess, myself previously is when you start your own business, you'll quickly find that not everything you do is what you actually love to do. You're managing social media, you're sat on Twitter at the dead of night and you're doing other stuff and yeah, getting other people in to help really helps, especially when you're not an expert and everything. There's a reason why we use accountants. Maybe there's a reason why we should start using ethical web developers as well. <laughs> Well, maybe that's our pitch. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad today's been useful for you. So we just cut it there and and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there there are so many things and, and, and like, even with the mailing list, like so many mailing providers now like charge by the number of subscribers you have. So it's, it's like, if, if you have a list that's totally unengaged, like however you, however you judge that and probably not by open rates, which might be something <laughs> we discuss later. But um, like if, you, if you're paying for like 10,000 people, you, uh, or if, if the 10,000 people that don't care about what you're sending, mm. you're, you're literally paying every month for those. So it might not be a huge amount of money you save, but the, the, there are savings there. And, it definitely um, feels like that sometimes, you know, when you sign up to a, a sort of rogue mailing list and it, you see a comment to your inbox every week and you're like, I'm not going to open it this week. Maybe next week I'll have more time, but this feels like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm that sort of ghost person who signs up to your mailing list and is charging you pennies on MailChimp. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty... It, when, when you think of it like that, it's, it, there's like such a direct benefit. Mm. Um, and, and you were talking um, about like making the site like smaller as well and mm-hmm. like that being good for sustainability. The, like a side benefit of that is that your site's going to load quicker as well. So yeah, that, that'll impact your conversion rate it'll impact your search engine placings possibly yeah i've definitely had google send me an email or two saying you know your your site is not mobile optimized get down the rankings <laughs> yeah and and yeah and it's just like it's just an example of like how there, there's so many examples like this where you make like one change and and yeah it might be like a, a good like privacy thing but mm-hmm. but also the are ben- the like direct benefits for, to you as well so um yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things in that area. One I was reading, and it was like, it was just a thing on Twitter, and it sort of basically said, imagine if every megabyte of data you stored for a year was the same of throwing a plastic bottle off the side of a sort of, you know, freeway. You kind of wouldn't keep on doing it, would you? If that's how bad the problem was every year, throwing all of these bottles, that you, you sort of your data that you're storing online, uh, you'd, you'd probably actively choose not to do that. But it happens so often, especially, and, and this is a difficult thing I find with sort of, you know, advertising in, in, in IT and, and everywhere, you know, you're kind of subtly shaped into doing these things maybe you shouldn't be doing. So GoPro, for example, will give you unlimited cloud storage forever if you buy one of their 4K cameras. And it's like, 
how much unlimited 4K footage of people's backyards on drones and, and other things do we need just sitting around just because GoPro says we can offer it. And I've been trying to do a bit of a digital audit recently of my personal life. I've downloaded a lot of my previous emails and put them just on a hard drive uh, rather than keeping them in Google. I mean, I was moving away from Gmail anyway. Thank God I was getting out. But, you know, I've chosen not to re-upload the whole lot because I don't need 10 years worth of junk email sit on a Microsoft servers now just because I've migrated. And yeah, I think you know, having more and more of these conversations, people are starting to realize it's a problem. You know, several years ago, it was privacy that was the problem. Security's always been a problem. Now it feels a little bit about like sustainability and ethics is, is starting to kind of creep up there in people's business requirements. What, what else do you think that when you're sort of speaking to a, a small business owner or maybe someone who's just going in and making a choice of, okay, I need web hosting, what should they think about at the forefront just to kind of be doing it right? Hosting is always a, um, a hard one. There's always like so many things that people need to consider. Like, firstly, is is are they any good? And like, is customer service any good? But but what, once you've got once you once you've narrowed down like a couple of options, like a really easy thing to like check out is whether they're they're powered by renewable energy or if they if they're like a green host at all. There there are there are sites that let people check that. But one th- one thing I discovered recently or i don't know if this has changed but um i think i think squarespace may not be green at all i, I mean i, I would I, I would guess that there may be other um large website providers out there that that possibly aren't and in a way it's quite easy to check these things like either because you can run sites through checkers that tell you whether they're hosted on servers that are listed as being green that it's not always that's not always accurate but it's it's it's, it's a good start. place to start i mean these places have to be a little bit proactive as well. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm honestly trying to Google it, and I've clicked through five, six, seven pages on the Squarespace site now. Um, <laughs> can't see anything clearly written out there that says, hey, flying the flag for renewable. So to be honest, even if it isn't the case, it's hard enough to know at the moment to even consider it as part of my decision-making. I think, you know, I've spe- I speak to a lot of people about this, and I've used this example a lot recently, but it, it is harder in some senses as an individual to make decisions online that isn't going to be basically blowing, I don't know, 12 trees out of the ground and setting another 14 on fire because we're not used to being able to make these decisions and spin up resources. Like, you know, 15 years ago, it was I was in my IT department and I said, I need a new website or service. It would be taking six months of procurement and some purchase orders and the commercial sign off before I could even set one tree on fire. Now I can go into Amazon and set like four VMs up, fall asleep overnight, get charged 28 grand uh, for the privilege and and be, you know, really worried about my environmental impact afterwards. I think I find this, is, you know, you're coming at this from an ethical web designer point of view, speaking to clients, business users, customers. A lot of the time I'm coming at this from a sort of, you know, helping businesses and developers go, okay, is this a problem? Is it okay to leave a dev environment running 24-7 because no one can be asked automating it to turn off? Like... You know, when we think about all of the things here, it's not just money. It, it is real world impact. And you mentioned earlier about renewable energy. Um, you know, Amazon, as much as they say they're 100% powered by renewables, a lot of that's just carbon tickets and tokens. And it, it, it's not really, um, you know, stopping our impact in the environment. I think Microsoft, for example, published their figures for, for reducing their energy and they reduced their scope one emissions, which is basically the energy they use to run servers. But Apparently, their scope-free emissions went up by something like 25%. And for an organization that large, that means there's a lot more steel sort of rack servers being built, a lot more concrete going into the ground, 
just because we're furiously uploading everything to the cloud. Um, and I don't know if we can do anything about this, but it is something we could stop thinking about at least when we make decisions. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like an, an expert in this field at all, really. But like talking, like having this is something that you think about mm. is is a is like a positive step. Like uh, I've started to see people who aren't designers and who don't work in tech, mm. like on LinkedIn and Twitter, that are you know on the sort of periphery of my of the core yeah. network of people that I, I I talk to, like starting to talk about this like regularly, like doing a digital declutter and and mm. that's and and these are like small business owners so these ideas are like definitely getting more into bec- becoming part of the conversation a bit more and, it, and it's, it's kind of a first step isn't it i think that's one of the things i find yeah. really interesting when you come to a, a company like amazon you know they always say that security is job zero you know every single thing we're putting security at the forefront of our mind and I feel like or at least getting sustainability just just in at the back a little bit it may not be the forefront of everyone's mind, but it's seeping in. <laughs> yeah, and there are always like practical consideration, like there are always practical things that you need to think about as well, like like thinking like backups or something mm. like like we all need to have like backups of our stuff, whether that's like our personal stuff or mm-hmm. work stuff or whatever. And like in many ways, the cloud can be a good place for that. So then, it's, so then it's like a balance of like how much stuff, how much stuff do you store? Like how long do you keep it for? What steps do you take to make sure that you're not keeping it for longer than you yeah. need to? And like you know, these days, majority of photographs happen on the phone and and stick on the on the hard drive. You know, we don't have all of the sort of uh, the ones that you rip and shake. Uh, oh, the um, pano- uh Polaroid. Thank God. Uh, took me like in the back of my head, like the song lyrics are just going. <laughs> we both got the P. <laughs> yeah, that's. Do you know? I forever do that. I meet someone at a networking event, and you're right, Adam. I mean, I, Andy. I mean, oh fuck, Aiden. I don't know. Something in a way. So yeah, so yeah, Polaroid pictures. Like you know, we don't all have the, the photos we really love and care about in a box. No one's ever going to turn around and say hey you need to make an ethical decision to burn that box or not and and this is like the reality of of living in a digital age like that weird photo that's out of focus of your food the other night if you actually just spent 10 minutes deleting some pictures that were basically crap it would make a real impact i, I i've been struggling recently migrating from google over to iphone in in every sense of the word and including like having duplicates of photos sat everywhere now and it is starting to get really difficult to just navigate this as a consumer. I honestly feel somebody somewhere is making this difficult because they make money by having the data on their servers for whatever reason, especially emails. I mean, Google, you know, historically even publicly said, if you're a free Google Gmail customer, we we can access and read all your receipts. Like Amazon stopped putting the details of your order inside the email body itself just to not give that information to Google. So you have two organizations fighting over data, which is basically impacting your experience. Like now when you go into your inbox and search for something from an Amazon order, oh, when did I order that? When's it coming? It's literally not going to be there just so Google doesn't get access to it. And I find that bonkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and um, like thinking about what you were saying earlier about like GoPro giving uh, giving like free cloud storage if you if you buy one of their cameras like think about the number of bad takes that are just yeah. uploaded that 4K. will never be watched bad 4k takes bad well. takes yeah. that have that will never be watched mm. ever 
or even takes that are used and yeah. you've got you you might then you might only use like 10 20 or 20 percent of one right. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and 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 the rest of it's just sitting there Probably on redundance as well. Uh, <laughs> well, exactly. That's the worst part, isn't it? Because GoPro's <laughs> like, oh no, he could access this whenever he wants. He's, ne- he's only going to come back here twice in his life, but he could ask at any time. So I'm keeping all this in hot storage. It's like, oh please, someone like start taping this up. <laughs> but they could probably they could probably do something like you know if they, if they want if they wanted to make it easy for people, they could probably say, look, you need to mark things as favorites. Anything yeah, that isn't yeah, a favorite. Yeah. After we'll, six months, we delete. Yeah, and or th- we'll, yeah, we could even put it on tape. It's just going to take you a week to get it back. Or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. delete's a better option, especially these days. Proactively keep it, or it should just be deleted these days. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we don't. It's difficult, and I try not to say this too often, but you know, we do look to cloud providers to make our lives easier, and it, it, you know, giving them the problem. The reason why we choose all of these things, Google, like Gmail and, and email hosted servers, you know, doing it ourselves and configuring it myself. I had massive DNS issues recently with my own personal server. It just makes things a little bit more difficult. So, you know, when someone like Amazon could come out with sort of S3 intelligent tiering and automatically move your data different classes depending on how often you access it, like that's a net win for the world if we start using it. But then again, Physical storage does have its place. Um, you know, like I said, put me pulling off 10 years worth of emails and putting them on a hard drive. Probably even though I could lose that hard drive in a fire, it kind of satisfies my risk appetite rather than having it, you know, backed up in object-based storage three times over on top of whatever else. We'll get back to our interview soon, but I really want to highlight that it's not all doom and gloom in the world. So now is the part of the show where we shine a spotlight on companies, charities, and organizations that are contributing to making the world a better place. Supporting ethical businesses and charities that are doing good in the world is the easy way for all of us to also contribute when we're able to. The company this week is Vager, which is Brazilian for look. Looking beyond the sneakers and looking at how they're made, they're openly transparent about how they're making sneakers differently. Ensuring that each pair that is produced is also making a positive impact. They're environmentally friendly sneakers made with raw materials sourced from organic farming and ecological agriculture without chemicals or polluting processes. They're sneakers that treat humans with respect and are produced in dignified conditions in direct consultation with producer associations and manufacturers. I have historically always just thrown Google Analytics on my websites because it's easy to integrate. I'm using Google search engine already for other stuff, you know, what else should I use uh, if it isn't Google to sort of throw pixels and cookie trackers around? Well, there are loads of like privacy-focused uh, analytics alternatives now that mm-hmm. offer everything, probably everything you need for like, yeah. most, well, for thing, most people. It? Some of the stuff um, it offers right now is a bit too much. It's like Google's like, I can tell you, you know, where they were sat at home. Like at this point, it's like, I only wanted to know the IP address and please just, you know, why don't you just actually anonymize that for me? Like that would be a better offering here. This could be wrong, but my, my understanding of, because in Google Analytics, you can like, anonymize the IP in, in um, quotation marks. And, but I, I think Google still received that, but the, um, it just doesn't come through to the dashboard. So yeah, the, the, like, the, the, the alternatives that are out there are a really good choice for a lot of people like in some cases it means you don't need like a cookie banner some of them like use fathom take great steps to anonymize and like hash all the data they're often lighter so that means your site loads quicker 
yeah, there are, there are, there are, there are lots of benefits to using the services. Yeah, it sounds like I work for one, but um, uh, I just, I'm just a big fan. <laughs> you would have to name one if we were going to accuse you of working for one of them. At least then they'd get some advertising. <laughs> <laughs> well, well a couple of them. Let's see if there's a list going. That, well, yeah, there's, um, I guess the, the two biggest players are probably Fathom and, there's, and Plausible. There's also um, Matomo, who offer, they offer like a kind of hybrid thing where it is privacy focused, but you can also turn on some features like that you might see in, in tools like Hotjar and um, other things, which I, I only discovered recently. So um, they're kind of hybrid in that they offer the privacy stuff, but if you want that, you can, and if you, if you want this, uh, I guess what you might call slightly more invasive stuff, <laughs> you, can, you can turn that on in a fairly like grad graduated way and give users control so so they're looking at that stuff even with like a with a privacy focus yeah and at least then you know you don't have to just turn google analytics on and be you know violating several forms of ethics straight away it's a proactive yeah choice just to... harvest harvesting yeah like <laughs> harvest it, mode it, it is interesting sometimes when you go through some online things and it's like just click all these boxes for me especially like those guided tutorials where it's like oh we kind of have to ask you for permission but just click here please you know, you don't stop to think why they're asking that question. The worst one for me is like, oh, can we access your contacts when you download any application on your phone? And it's like, I don't know, random application I've downloaded to try out or game that I've never heard of. Do I really want you to have access to all my contacts? Yeah, that, um, that's a really, yeah, that's a really, um, this is slightly off topic, but that's a really interesting one, like, because so many apps do it and there's, like I, I, I wonder what like the legal basis for them to like store that data is because when if every time somebody does that they're mm. uploading all the contact details of and anything people. else you've stored <laughs> yeah that of other people who have no idea I, 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 yeah. I actually submitted a uh, uh, this is how this is the sort of fun time I have I submitted a subject access request to Facebook I deleted my Facebook account a couple of years yeah, ago yeah 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 and I asked them how they could like I, I asked them not to store my details <laughs> if they were uploaded by other people and of course mm. they can't do it and they, they don't have a mechanism for it yeah they just can't even they, they'd rather just take the fine than even bother yeah like enforcing it because the people like you who are so few and far beyond who even know half of the rights of what you can ask for are just never going to enforce it enough for them to care you know yeah it's I, a cost as an of doing business yeah i as an individual can't pull out 12 lawyers and fight vodafone or or ee or, or whoever else every single time i have a dispute like one thing that happened to me talking about, you know, you're as, 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 as boring enough to submit these requests. I submitted one to Carphone Warehouse because I was like, hey, can you stop bloody calling me and trying to sell me mobile phones? Like, don't know where you got my mobile from, but just stop. And it turns out Carphone Warehouse, their official response was, yeah, it's not even us. They're just scammers. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, uh, not only was it not even Carphone Warehouse and I spent all this time getting angry down the phone at Carphone Warehouse, they were just scammers. So every single time I get a phone call from just a, a vague, and, and, and it is true because a lot of them work outside of the UK and, and just reel through lists of numbers, you know, voice on the phone. And we were sort of saying, hey, can we interest in your phone? I just go, do you know who I am? Like, and half of the time they're like, no idea what your name is. And just go, do you know what? Fuck off. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm trying to have a nice day at the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's like another like thing altogether is like, how many times you get called by a company and they call you and they ask you to prove who you are like, yeah. rather than the other way rather than the other way around 
Yeah. It, it does get confusing. Uh, you know, you can trip yourself up because a lot of the time you are learned or taught, you know, use weird memories at the back of your mind of, you know, your grandmother's first car color or, you know, <laughs> what was the, the, the outfit you wore at prom like to, to, to act as like security questions sometimes. And you're like, did I lie about my mother's maiden name or was she ever actually not married? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I love those Facebook um like um things that they share and it's like oh share this and comment with like your first name that you your address you first lived on <laughs> it's like uh, someone's name and first line of their address <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it is yeah, phone, uh, incoming phone call coming soon. <laughs> right yeah oh i'm just trying to think what else like i had an interesting one from a conference that i went to a few a few kind of weeks back and they were just talking about the benefits of, of being more ethical and, and, and it happened to also help them with sustainability um, was they were a marketing company and the majority of their content, they put in like 1080p, beautiful images and like kind of made the load, like the loading times were like in the floor basically is what they were saying. And then and like basically everyone who accessed the website was using mobile anyway and none of the videos were ever asked to load. So when they basically stopped auto loading, put a lower res like kind of... Um, video up there they just saw better results and better responses from customers and save money because who really needs to host all of this data at that video size you know it's a shame to say but a lot of people have a very short attention span on the internet and they're not coming to your website to watch 12 minute videos yeah and but, but that's actually another example of like how cloud services can can help so often a better choice than like self-hosting something like that is to use mm. something like vimeo or Wistia or like another service that has mm. worked out all the gnarly details of how you serve like the best quality video for the users like internet connection and and, and whatever and 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 so then you've got like a trade-off of like they're actually saving data and the against like hosting all of those files on on their server just don't use youtube unless you want an advert popping up before the video itself um yeah that's happened to me and there, there is actually a cookie-less you can actually do like a cookie-less embed okay YouTube. and that treats it differently yeah yeah because that overlay yeah. is what causes all the problems most of the time um <laughs> yeah and 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 you know i think because at the end of the day i'm not sitting here i'm gonna say no one do anything ever um no one use any cloud services and and, and sas is wrong or something you know getting a pitchfork out for weird internet <laughs> thing fads jump on but it's it I guess it's more just about using the right providers for the right reasons and and if you can just think a little bit more ethically um when you are making decisions you know i recently went to a hosting conference and, and you know i spoke to a great cloud provider there called beyond.pl um, and they were basically a tier four data center in poland with you know 100 percent gr green energy uh, and and not just like actual carbon credits but you know sourcing an energy provider and supplier that provides them their energy which is from actual renewable source i was really surprised as well when so many german people kept telling me biofuel was renewable <laughs> the thing that you burn that you're like okay you might grow it but like we're still burning it please um it's really interesting just seeing what things are available I, I think in the uk we have a little bit of a gap in that i guess just even customers asking for it but you know that green renewable uk-based cloud hosting provider i think there's one in scotland i'm trying to remember the name now I, I think I've heard of them. But to be honest, last time I went on their website, they never actually advertised their renewable credentials at all, which I just thought, you know, people just must not be interested. If they're not even going to advertise it at all, then no one's really even asking. 
Yeah, um, I, I wonder if that's uh, again. This is something I might be completely wrong about, but my understanding is that here, the, like, even if you choose like a renewable energy supplier, the grid, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it all goes into the grid, so so it's all like mixed in together, and, and yeah, you're basically you just getting like just, a percentage. Yeah, carbon offset yeah. is the only thing that you can do in the UK, and it is true. You know, it's a real shame that you know we're not actually looking at in terms of the UK's energy policy how we could maybe change that. You know, uh, have more localized energy providers bringing stuff onto the grid, battery storage in areas. I mean. I think a lot of places are based in the Netherlands or the Nordics where you can maybe have different types of energy policy. Um, but just on that energy world, I found a really great analogy recently. It was a bit like how um, free trade cocoa gets traded. Uh, if you think about a, a container ship on the edge of a country and you kind of load onto that container ship 15 tons of, of cocoa and then two tons of, of fair trade, they just throw it all in the same containers they don't sort of keep it separate or, or market differently and then the other end the way out two tons and call that one fair trade and then the 15 goes off to the rest wherever it was going to go unmarked and that's a bit like the uk energy supply is all of this stuff might come in from renewable sources but once it's in the grid it goes wherever it's needed and because it happened i mean you know it, you kind of the whole charade makes little sense in some ways especially when you know i have octopus energy as my energy provider not purely chosen because they provide 100 percent renewable energy but you know it was definitely up the list uh it was also telling me that all of my standing charges are being doubled all of my rates are going up the same as everyone else because of this russian gas crisis or whatever or bullshit that's going on at the moment and it's like hold on a minute you're 100 renewable we're affected by global gas prices can we <laughs> let's just yeah. thread one line at a time just kind of shows this, it just like highlights the, the the reliance on other things and, and how it's not quite as yeah i think the energy sector could be could be more transparent about yeah what you're actually getting when you when you get like quote unquote renewable energy here because um i think a lot of people think that when they're when they choose a supplier like that they mm -hmm. are actually getting renewable energy they don't they don't know that it's actually all just going into like a central Same pot, pot and yeah um, i mean the only way you can really say that you're getting it is if it's on the back of your own house and exactly you're use yeah. it before it goes back onto the grid <laughs> that's the in the uk that's the only option at the moment um which is a shame because that's got a lot of cost and may take yeah, 25 yeah. years to return as well I, th I think i think wales i think in wales they've just introduced um grants to help people do that and, it's, and it seems like you know, if there was ever going to be a time to encourage people to 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 get solar panels, now now would be it when when everybody's uh, energy's going up three or four times or whatever yeah, it is, you, you'll one. get back the money so much quicker. Oh God, what was that? What was that campaign that happened like only last year? Insulate Britain was it? I feel mm. like they were derided a, a bit in the press for their crazy claims <laughs> it's like oh no we have a massive problem with un uninsulated housing in the uk and actually if we did insulate it and put the cost up front it would reduce our energy costs by how much and save us how much money like it makes sense because this is just the weird thing it's like no matter who's going to be forced to pay for this somebody either homeowners or landowners or, or whatever else like it's it's a net benefit for the whole of the UK, and we're just playing around with money at this point. If it's just going to be a, a grand scheme, like they've tried several times before, but let's not get into minutiae of of uh, global macro level economic and politics, because uh, I'm pretty sure people will be bored. So jumping into some more of the interesting elements of the show, then if we were to jump onto the charity section, 
So what charity have you chosen and, and why? I chose the, um, the Trust of Trust. It's a charity I already support and mm-hmm. I just think they do really good work and they, they provide like a critical service. And it's a shame, it's a shame that we need um, oh, something yeah. like the Trust of Trust, but for the people, for people who need it, they need it. I think they yeah. do. They, I mean, they do an amazing thing. There was a great thing from Jack Monroe, who's a sort of a figure in the UK, who's been a sort of poverty campaigner and, and basically dealt with extreme poverty as, as a single parent um, and, and, you know, still campaigns on this now. And, you know, one of the things they say is dead people don't riot. You know, we're going to have to support charities like the Trussell Trust because if it's a difference between extreme absolute poverty, hunger and death, versus we kind of need to give out some canned foods, then it has to be done. And it's a real shame that David Cameron's big society is what stepped in to solve this problem when actually it never existed before 2010. But at the end of the day, yeah, donate what you can, uh, whether it is cash, whether it is food that you pick up at the supermarket. Um, and, you know, again, to kind of make this an- another thing of why this is important, I-, I read something online the other day is like, Iceland boss, uh, a food uh, company in the UK, basically said that tr- the Trussell Trust and other charities were rejecting root vegetables uh, and, and other foods because people did not have the energy to heat the food up. So you need to actually give more readily available things like microwave rice or things that can go in a microwave rather than being heated up on a hob. You know, so depressing. It is slightly, isn't it? When people's only option of heating up food is an electric hob. Uh, which they're basically struggling to turn on because they can't even afford to keep home. And just another fact for the, the, this wonderful podcast, but yeah, £500 we'll give to Trussell Trust and hopefully help the people who, who do need it. Um, That's amazingly generous of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to sort of convince some people to speak to me online. But it was this or that. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, honestly, like I just thought it's one way to, for me and, and, and a friend who's, who's supporting the podcast to give back. And yeah, it's hopefully it'll do something. And then the final sort of section then, uh, if there was one tip that you could give our listeners to be more sustainable in, in work or life, what would that be? It's it's kind of, it's a little bit un, unrelated, but I think just like, it actually maybe it is related. Like we've, we've sort of come back to this thing uh, in our conversation about like just you can't be like absolutist about like all of this stuff like mm-hmm. you can't just stop using cloud services like the same way you can't be yeah yeah you, you have you have to like judge everything on its on like the merits and the pros and cons of things so i think just just be like thinking about this stuff when when you're choosing like a service or like 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 you said earlier like choose a service for the right reasons don't mm-hmm. just necessarily Pick the first um, thing on the top of Google search. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah. like like we were talking about small businesses earlier, mm. and and I think a lot of small business practices and things and 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 choices that people make happen because it's what everybody's doing, or it's what yeah. they've read in a book, or something like that. And I think it's always it's worth talking to people and like just and exploring some other options and seeing whether they can meet your needs because if they are more sustainable, or mm-hmm. if they've got like if they're if they're more privacy focused, or if they you know they don't rely on surveillance capitalism, mm. or like whatever it is, it, it may actually be a better a, a better choice and more aligned yeah. with 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 yeah with your you know it's with your goals or your organizational goals. 
And I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast. Apologies if I did for people who've actually come back again. Thank you and apologies. Uh, but, you know, Facebook, recruiters turn around and say that when you reach out to somebody and say, hey, do you want to work at Meta? The prevailing response is, oh, God, that makes me feel a bit sick to the stomach. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> like, I'm not saying we're all big businesses and we're going to be seen in the same view as that. But at the end of the day, what people's opinion of your business is, is related to the things that you do. And, you know, if you want to attract ethical tech workers or, or, or be able to just make a blog blog post about why you're doing business differently, this can all sort of, you know, go in hand in hand. And, and you're totally right. We can't be absolutionists. There's a reason why I sit here and record a podcast and throw my voice onto the internet and store that for the cost of pennies a, a month is, is, is to hopefully make a difference. And, you know, I, I thought it was either that or screaming about somebody turning my lights off or on and off at home. I can't always blame the cats, but I swear to God, I hope it's not me. I've ended up literally getting motion detectors, so I do not leave the lights on anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm contributing to plastic waste just so I can like absolve myself of that problem. Uh, but even cats, like I was so depressed recently, I, I went on a carbon calculator and it basically turned around and said that half a ton of carbon emissions a year is related to owning a cat. And I'm like, oh my yeah, goodness. you're not going to like get me to do anything about this. I have a cat, deal with it. <laughs> you know? But at the end of the day, like, it, it can be a lot to really take in. And I don't want this podcast to contribute to anything else. We're just sort of sharing everything and, and talking and hopefully having some fun. But um, yeah, don't, don't walk away after every episode going, shit, there's more on the backlog <laughs> to like, make my life yeah. cleaner. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think everybody just has to take like small steps that yeah. are, that they can that they can manage and 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 every every small thing you do is a positive thing, isn't it? Like definitely, we've all we're all ju- we're all juggling like so many things, and yeah, it's uh, like all of these topics, like uh, environment, uh, privacy, or whatever. They're they're huge and and they're so uh, complex, and they touch on so many things in our lives. It's yeah. easy to be overwhelmed by them. So I think we just have to be kind to ourselves and like yeah, just do definitely. what we do what we practically can yeah do, do what you can because at the end of the day whether you've worked in a lot of different companies or not you can make more work out of anything there's a reason why a big corporation can have a legal department and an ethics department and whatever else and a small business owner can run something very similar from the outside and mm. do it themselves is because you can only take on so much and quite frankly Unless it's very, very vital, sometimes you can just not worry about it. You know, if it's the difference between you making money and spending time with your kids, please don't go and investigate like 20 hours worth of of, of resource on what's the best green cloud hosting provider. You know, let's just try and live our lives and and make some money as we do this and and, and be happy. (laughs) It's only one time that we've got on this rock. So, yeah, let's do what we can. Um, But, yeah, anything else? Where where can we find you uh, online? Any links or or places you'd want to recommend people go and visit? There are a couple. Um, this is like shameless plug time. Uh, so, so my 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 website actually that has like links to everything I do is at davesmythe.com. My studio is at scruples.studio, and I also run a community for well, it's it's for anybody, but mostly comprised of freelancers and small business owners and marketers who want to reduce their reliance on big tech and surveillance capitalism. And that's um, that's at belowradar.co.uk. So the the we don't promise any answers, but there's a, there's a, there's loads of people there that are trying to trying to work out how they can like balance business needs and 
and reduce their reliance on those things. So um, definitely, I think I've already registered and put my name in your uh, ethical newsletter list. So <laughs> I hope it's green and ethical, whatever whatever you've chosen to use. I, I was struggling yeah, with this recently with uh, LinkedIn. Can c- keeps trying to draw me in with start a newsletter on LinkedIn, and I'm like, yeah, I can kind of get an audience, but then also it's kind of given a lot of data to Microsoft. And one thing that I always worry about whenever I produce content is, you know. If something goes crazy or, or whatever else, who owns that at the end of the day? And I want whatever I want to write on the internet to be something I own and given some of those rights to somebody just like Medium is a great example, medium.com. Mm-hmm. They want you to write on their platform because they want to own your words for the majority of the time that they're going to be on the internet and you're never going to take them off uh, and you'd be better off, hopefully, monetizing it in another way if you've got something to say. Yeah, yeah, you want, you really want to get those um, readership pennies every month. <laughs> yeah, keep the lights on as, as the energy prices keep on going up. But thank you so much for for, for joining me, and yeah, it's been great. And um, thanks for having me. It's yeah. been great to chat. Speak soon. Public Cloud for Public Good was brought to you today by Imbue, a cloud sustainability consultancy based in the UK. Thank you so much for listening today to a wonderful conversation about ethics in in tech and small business. And if there was one thing that you could do for me this week, it would be to go and see how you could maybe remove Google Analytics from your website or personal blog if you are using it and replace it with something that isn't as entwined with surveillance capitalism. Other than that, have a great week and I'll speak to you soon.